I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck has foils and attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. Nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott! Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Nerd alert! Hello there, it's Obi John Kenobi, your favorite host in all of podcasts, and welcome to an all-new Nerd Alert. Joining me this week, as always, my stalwart right-hand man, the man who keeps the nerd in the Todd Nerdy TV network, the man without whom today's episode would literally not be possible because neither, none of the other hosts on this network are capable of DMing. Ladies and gentlemen, Commander Scott. So something popped up in my feed this week that I thought was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, your feed. Sorry. It's not my feed. My feed. Sorry. Sorry. That I thought yeah. was fun and interesting and I wanted to share. Ooh. The longest practicing attorney in U.S. history. It was a gentleman. Unfrozen came... caveman lawyer. Oh, sorry. Uh, well, it, well eh. not, no. not unfrozen caveman lawyer. Not unfrozen caveman lawyer. Okay. No. Okay. Uh, was John Morton Finney. Was a lovely gentleman born June twenty fifth, eighteen eighty nine. From nineteen eleven to nineteen fourteen, he served as a member of the U.S. Army Twenty Fourth Infantry Regiment, better known as the Buffalo Soldiers, in the American Expeditionary Forces in France during World War One. Buffalo Soldier, sorry. <clears throat> no, no, just, just no, no. <laughs> After. Coming out of the army, he became an educator for uh, many, many years. And in 1935, he was admitted to the bar of the Indiana Supreme Court. He was uh, permitted as a member of the bar of the U.S. District Court in 41 and was admitted to practice before the U.S. Supreme Court in 72. Morton Finney retired from practicing law on June 25th, 1996, on his 107th birthday. Jesus. He hung out there, didn't he? At the time of his death in 1998, he was 108 years old. He was Indiana's oldest veteran. Holy cow. Wow. Practiced law from 1935 to 1996. That's crazy. Yeah, that, that popped up as a in meme feed stuff. You know, you see those little the facts and stuff. So I had to go verify it and, and everything. But yeah, mm -hmm. I was born in Uniontown, Kentucky, in 1889 and uh, died in Indianapolis, Indiana, in uh, January twenty eighth, nineteen ninety eight. You know that that is very interesting, Scott. Uh, and 
and that that's that is really neat i like that a lot but one thing that just sticks with me and it's not just lawyers but also doctors uh the way they use the word practice you're practicing law or you're practicing medicine uh-huh. and in my mind i just immediately go to they're still just practicing like i, I wouldn't want to get practiced on you know well, they keep changing the laws all the time, just like they keep changing medicine all the time. Like, you know, you think you're good to go. You know, you've been prescribing cocaine to everybody to help them relax. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, cocaine's bad for you. It's like, whoa, wait, when did that happen? <laughs> Smoke this tobacco. It'll level you out. There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with having a lucky strike or two a day. Here, kids. Oh, wait, cigarettes are bad for you? What? What? <laughs> No problem. Have this alcohol instead. <laughs> Don't worry, it. kids. You'll never catch fire. We've filled your entire room with asbestos. <laughs> <laughs> Take a nice deep breath. Here, let me, let me just jab this knife into your side and bleed you out for a few hours. All that bad stuff will come out eventually. Yeah. See, so you drill a hole in your head, all the demons will come out. You'll be fine. All you got to do is go to the blood runs clear. <laughs> hold, hold these electrodes. You'll be all right. Uh, we'll shock the crazy out of you. It's all right. Someday we'll get it right. Uh, anyway, that other... Uh, for, thank you, Commander Scott, for that lovely <laughs> fact factoid. Uh, uh, I'm sure I'm using that term correctly. Scott Earth. is determined... <laughs> He is determined to learn us something every day, whether we want to or not. Uh, and longtime listeners will know why he's annoyed that I just called that a factoid. So, moving right along. Uh, to round out this terrible trio, ladies and gentlemen, joining us from somewhere in time and space, perhaps via a DeLorean, it's the Doc. This this one's inspired by Scott today, all right? Okay. This is s'mores stuff. First, you take the gram. You stick the chocolate on the gram. Then, you roast the mallow. When the mallow's flaming, you stick it on the chocolate and cover it with the other end. Then, you scarf. It's a little messy, but it's delicious. How can I have more if I haven't had any yet? So you want a s'more? S'more? I haven't had any. I, I can have some more of it. You're killing me, Smalls. There it is. <laughs> ah. I was like, how is this inspired by me? I don't even know what this is from. We know. That's the problem. <laughs> yes. And Scott, if you have a problem, yo, we'll solve it. Check out, Check the, out hook. the hook while my DJ, while my revolves, DJ it. revolves it. Ice, ice, baby. Boom, 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 boom. No, see, see, we didn't copy it. There's goes din, 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 din. Ours goes din 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 din. din. See, theirs doesn't have the. Tss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a hook in there. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a fun clip. All you listeners who are confused, you're not alone. We're talking I, about. I don't know how he switched so quickly from Sandlot quotes to Vanilla Ice. Um, he pulled what I call a Whitney, which is you just <laughs> randomly switch topics out of nowhere <laughs> with no frame of reference. Just keep up. Here we go. Oh no, Scott said something about having a problem. Oh, okay. And that's when it that's when you it up in your head. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Uh, it's going to be that kind of show today, folks, because today we are peeling back the curtain. We're going to let you in to the endlessly fascinating private lives of your favorite podcast hosts. Because uh, today we're going to talk about stuff we do not on the show, um, even though it ties into the show. Uh, so go ahead and um, grab your gaming dice and your dice tray. Uh, get you a pencil and some paper and a big old thing of caffeine. Because today it's time for role play games. Uh, we're going to talk about so in the last I don't know what two years, three years, two years. When we, yeah. Um, since Scott learned Jason had never played any kind of role play game, uh, and well, decided he was going to change that. Yeah. Well, so can, can I give a little backstory here? Yeah, go for it. On how oh, sorry, sorry. Wait, I need everyone to roll for initiative. So you can talk <laughs> oh. first this week. Sorry. Uh, I don't have dice near me. Give me, give me a second. But you're, you're you. How do you just not have dice on you at all times? <sighs> well, uh, I got a nine, by the way. Because I'm in my. Hang on. <laughs> Jade, you roll for initiative. Uh just wait here. Hold on. I'll get. I'll get. I won't get dice. I'll use the technology at the end. I need. What do you need me to roll? D twenty. D twenty. Okay. Thirteen. All right. Thirteen's the number to beat, Jay. It's gonna All be right, awkward if you beat him. <laughs> oh, I got an eight. Okay, Scott, you go first. That's very apropos. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, uh, hang on. If this is if this is going to be a thing, I got to get my I'm going I'm to get my dice tower up. Um, so, I, you know, you and I have been gaming, uh, Obi John. You and I have been gaming uh, tabletop board games and stuff like that for uh, several years now. Uh, and and I know that you know you you had had a, a semi regular D and D game going at one point. Because uh, we chatted about D and D and stuff, mm-hmm. um, but you and I had never actually played together for for a long time. Or a role playing game, correct? Um, and and of course, D and D is kind of like the one of the go to staple like gateway games for or for tabletop RPGs. Pretty much everybody, even even if you've never heard of a a, a role playing game or anything, you're somewhat familiar with the existence of D&D. And kind yeah, of D- D&D is like the maker's mark uh, of, of the role-play game. You might not know a lot about bourbon, but you know maker's mark. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, about a couple, a couple of years ago, uh, we were we were getting ready to uh, record an episode of the show here, and we were waiting on you. And uh, the doc and I were just chatting. And he made a comment to me. He's like, he's like, oh hey, uh, Scott, uh, just just so you know, uh, uh, Megan and I were out at Walmart last night, and uh, we had some time to kill, so was, we were browsing the the, the book section over the magazine work uh, magazine and everything. Did you know somebody's made a guidebook to Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> <laughs> I remember this conversation. I'm, I'm like a guidebook. What what kind of guidebook? He's like, yeah, it was. Uh, uh, it, was, it was it was like a handbook for players. And I'm like, wait a minute. So so I reach over on my shelf and I grab the player's handbook and I snap a picture of it and send it to him. I was like, was it called the player's handbook? And did it look like this? Yeah. That's not a guide, Jay. That's D&D. <laughs> like, that's the game. 
you're holding you, you that that's the core rule set for Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition. That that's the first book you need if you want to play. And so this led us down the the whole rabbit hole of role playing games and how he was interested in playing and he wanted to play and everything. And I'm like, look, if you really want to play, you know, Dungeons and Dragons or something, you know, we can get on roll twenty and and I'll I'll run you through it because Jay didn't know anybody uh, that that played. Uh, he didn't have a local gaming group. Well, <clears throat> there are teachers at the school, but uh, I haven't been I haven't broken into that circle yet. Yeah, yeah. Breaking into an existing uh, gaming group is a difficult thing. Um, and so then I suggested, I'm like, look, if you if you want to play D&D, we'll play D&D. I was like, but in my opinion, I was like, you know, if you want to get into role-playing games uh, and stuff, I think it would be better to start you with something that you're really passionate about, something that you really love. Like fantasy and Dungeons and Dragons, you've heard of it. And you're like, oh, I'd like to try it. But I'm like, what about Star Wars? You know, because I think you like Star Wars, right? Never uh, heard of it. Never Ooh. heard Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it, he it, prefers Star Trek, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what else is terrible? Star Trek. There, I said it. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> wonder why Scott got all quiet for a second. He was hunting. Yeah. He's a Star Trek with Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> what? <laughs> and um, he's got that rock. golden friend, and there's the little blue and white guy. The, the, the Rock is in Star Trek. The Rock is? Yeah. The Rock is a Star Trek actor. It's one of his first acting gigs. He did an episode of Star Trek Voyager. Really? Yeah, right. he has to he has to fight seven of nine in like this gladiatorial arena type thing. You you keep talking. I'm googling. Go ahead, Google. Uh, anyway, so I suggested Star Wars, um, and and of course we brought Obi John into it, uh, and so now we've played uh, we we've played several sessions of Star Wars, uh, and uh, they've also you all have also experienced. Uh, some of the new Marvel game a little bit. We tried that. We we're just kind of learning the rules. Uh, a little bit of a role-playing game called Seventh Sea. And this past weekend, uh, Obi-John, I think, was your first time playing Call of Cthulhu, correct? Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. And and so when we were discussing topics and stuff tonight, I'm like, you know, we should we should talk about we let's talk about role-playing games because we don't we don't talk about we we don't do enough you know gaming stuff on, on this show uh even though our initiative our uh, intro says roll for initiative um uh, and such so i thought it would be fun to talk about you know uh, role-playing games in general tabletop games the wider world of of role-playing games beyond just the basic dungeons and dragons that's out there you know uh and, and and I'm curious now that you've got three or four different types of RPGs under your belt besides just D and D, you know, Obi John, what 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 are your thoughts on on this this subject? Um, it is good, and I like it. Okay, and that's all I have to say. <laughs> so, uh, well, yes, uh, uh, <laughs> quick and concise. 
that's been your weekly now sorry <laughs> <laughs> um so okay part of the reason we don't do a lot of gaming stuff on this show is i'm not gonna name names or point fingers but somebody went ahead and started this other show all about gaming uh, and i don't want to burn them out about gaming so we don't do a lot of gaming on this that and it's also kind of hard like other than then recording our sessions and then posting those as an episode which we'd have to go through and edit a lot of like dead time and stuff out in it's kind of hard to okay well what exactly about role-playing game do you want to talk about so that's why when scott said well let's just roll through the stuff we've done and kind of do like a review of of the games we've done i was like well okay yeah that sounds fun so we're always open to doing if you have a cool topic about gaming you want to hear us talk about shoot it to us we'll put it on here We're, we're not you know uh, it wasn't a conscious effort not to talk about RPGs, um, but I know Jay only tends to play board games and role play games when he's with us. So anyway, um, uh, side notes. Yeah. The rock from the Star Trek Voyager episode. It's like they're like, oh, let's make the rock a Klingon. I don't, I don't think that's what he's supposed to be, but mm-hmm. like. Yeah, but I mean, that's the vibe I'm getting from it. And it's like, okay, but don't put too much makeup on him to so that people still recognize him as The Rock. You know, so, people drive by and not through the sign. Like, like, it's literally The Rock with just a little bit of forehead makeup. Yeah. And, like, prosthetic. It's Yeah, he's, it's he's, he's not in heavy makeup at all. No, it's so. like they... They're like, hey, let's get The Rock to come on, because I'm sure this was during the height of his wrestling career. Well, yeah, like I, I think that was like his first or second uh, uh, film uh, acting role, um, uh, and and so he was just he was still trying to make that break into you know that transition from wrestling to acting, uh, and they needed somebody to play basically an alien gladiator. So yeah. Perfect for him. But anyway, okay. Sorry. That has been Talking Trek with Commander Scott. The show within every show we do. <laughs> it has to get me some Trek in there somewhere. To infinity and beyond. Wait, that's not right, is it? No. Yeah. Um, so, of the games we have played, since we have now uh, actually played a handful uh, and had characters for just a ton more, um, I really enjoy 7C. I thought I dislike any of the other games, but Seventh C uh, runs a little bit differently than your your average RPG in that it it emphasizes storytelling and creativity over just the sort of um, mechanics of of most RPGs. You know, there, there's a lot less rolling uh, and stat checking, and a lot more of just like creative problem solving and. Um, trying to tie together a big narrative and, and being, you know, uh, overly flowery with your descriptions of stuff. Um, so, like, you know, instead of, okay, I take out my sword and stab a guy. So yeah. I, <clears throat> uh, I stand defiantly and slowly draw my sword, uh, looking intimidating and and, and uh, repost and then tell the guy, I'm God, or, you know, or say, my name is Inigo Montoya, you kill my father, prepare to die, uh, whatever it is. Uh, it, it, it encourages, okay, just get, you know, have fun with it. Don't worry so much about the mechanics and just get in the headspace of the story that you're telling. Uh, and that was really fun. I, I really enjoy that aspect of it. 
which is not to say it doesn't. And there are dice, there are stats, there is the kind of minutia uh, that you use when you're doing pretty much any kind of role play game. Uh, but it, 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 those are more background, at yeah. least the, the sessions we've played so far. Yeah, and and it, it really it, it it really helps a lot when your your game master uh, chooses an an online platform in which uh, <laughs> is French. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was that was fun. We got to test our, our Google Translate. That was interesting. So it's, uh, Scott Scott did a great job of building this awesome campaign and and, and found a, a website where you could uh, already had character sheets digitized. So you could just go in and plug in all your stats and whatnot and, and build your character from there. And because we play because we're not all in the same location, we play online, um, which adds kind of an extra hiccup to a lot of things. Um, but this guy found a great uh, software where, you know, instead of, okay, trying to pull out dice and then roll them and then tell everybody what I rolled and everyone just, you know, like, take me at my word for it kind of thing. A program where you do, okay, I'm going to use this ability. So I just click that and it auto auto generates a number based on what dice I need to use to roll for that. It takes a lot of the, 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 the mechanic kind of stuff and just digitize it. Only problem is the site didn't have it in English yet. Yeah. Uh, so we built everything in French, uh, and then had to Google Translate to to turn it into English, and then turn the translated French to English into game, uh, because it didn't. You know, a direct translation isn't always the you know translation yeah. the book is using. I was gonna I was gonna bring that up. That yeah, my favorite thing about using the French website was when you used Google Translate, because that's the great thing about using um, Chrome is it's got all these Google tools already built into Chrome. And yep. that's why, like, I usually just generally always use Chrome. And uh, you click Google Translate, and it translates the whole page. And you're like, okay, this is cool. Except it is not a one-to-one of translation. Yeah. Like, Well, but, but, but that's the problem. It, it, it is a one-to-one translation. So it translates like, it, the yeah. word directly, but not the meaning. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. it's like you're trying to figure out what the hell they're talking about, yeah. and you're just it's like a translation. Yeah. Do you think this word means this, or do you think like when you're trying to figure out, let's say the word you're looking for is agility, but there's not necessarily the word agility translated from French, and it might be something similar to that, and you just take your best guess, which I think is what we did is like we generally agreed upon something being the correct uh, interpretation. Yeah. Like, like marksmanship was like shooting <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, 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 it was, it was fun. It was, it was a fun time was had by all. It was, uh, it was really great. Uh, and, and then of course, you know, so, so that one, of course we, we were all kind of learning that one together. I'm not, overtly familiar uh with that one but uh, we were for those if there's anybody out there that knows uh 7c we're playing the latest edition of the game uh as published uh uh in in, in conjunction with chaosium uh and such so which i think is the third edition of the game i'm not sure i'd have to look again and i let me grab think, my book off my desk here i think that one big thing i noticed is that um and maybe I'm wrong in this thinking, but like I feel like Obi John kind of took a second to take to the storytelling element of it. 
because yeah, I had you're to kind of so used to myself. Yeah. yeah. And me, I was like, oh, I'm going to grab this this rope and swing around the outside of the ship and land at the bow and blah, 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 blah. And Scott's like, oh. yeah, yeah, that's oh. awesome. <laughs> well, so so here's the thing. And this 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 is actually an interesting point, um, because you both started. Into the hobby of tabletop role playing games in very different circumstances. So, uh, Obi John, of course, started with Dungeons and Dragons, and I think fourth edition, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, now I don't know the game master that was running you through stuff, but D and D, of course, is your your basic, typical TTRPG. Uh, where it's 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 level based because you're trying to get to the next level, and I was like, oh, I made that, level five. Here's all that your stuff. That means stats. tabletop role play game. In case you can't keep up with all the acronyms, Scott's gonna start throwing out. Um, and it, it generally tends to run a little bit, you know, hack and slash. What you know, what he was uh, alluding to earlier of all right, John, it's, it's your turn. What do you do? Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit him. I'm gonna hit him with my sword. Okay, roll. Okay, you hit. Roll damage. Okay, cool. You kill that. You kill that. You know, ogre or troll or whatever. And and that's that's kind of how combat works. It just goes around the horn. And once again, that's typical. Uh, that's basic. Not that other some game masters can't add flair to it, but just from a core rule standpoint. Uh, that's kind of your 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 basic and once again i don't know how your game master was doing it i don't know how so how my, my first ever D experience um was a bit of a cluster so it was a group that already regularly played together and the group itself had already gotten kind of big and they were coming over to our townhouse to play and i'd never played before and just happened to be off that night and not doing anything um so uh koran was like hey why don't you build a character and just join us i'm sure you know you'll pick it up you'll have fun um but to which he was not wrong um so me and the guy who was dming whose name i can't remember um because it was been that long ago uh we went up and and uh logged on to his um D account and pulled up the character sheets and and he kind of talked me through a little bit and we built the character um and that was really fun and then we got to the playing and it was a dm and like seven party members Wow. So, yeah, when combat started, we went around the horn for like two hours in combat, and I had maybe five turns, and that was it for the night. So it was a lot. Oh, wow. This is so, this this looks so cool. And, you know, we got to the backstory for my character, and I was thinking of all the things we could, you know, I was, it was being me and going overboard and thinking, wow, this is going to be so much fun. And then again, not that it wasn't fun because, you know, it's as much hanging around the table with your friends as it is playing the actual game. Um, Alcohol may or may not have been involved as well, but it was a good time. But as far as like, actually feeling like you were part of a story or that anything really got accomplished. I mean, basically we did combat and then we called it a night and that was kind of it. Uh, yeah. So I was, I was a little let down. And then my, my next experience uh, was a much more regular thing. A uh, small group of friends got together. Um, shout out to Jared, um, who was my, my first proper D and D DM did a great job. Uh, we had a, uh, the party was four people total um, four plus the DM and we played pretty regularly for several months, um, and then it it didn't really die until COVID, um, which I, I I know is the great killer of a lot of D and D campaigns. But that was fun, and and was much more of that regular 
and, you know, everyone was there every week and, and, you know, keeping up with the story and the plot and, and things. And you felt like your characters were actually kind of, you know, developing and playing. And it well, again, what always appeals to me isn't so much the mechanics of it as it is the storytelling and that whole idea of you as a group or building a world and telling a story together. Um, and, and, you know, the DM is in on it, uh, um, kind of leading you through, but letting you make your own choices. And that's the fun part of it. So that second experience was much better. Um, and then since then, I only exclusively play if Scott is my DM. So that's just how it works. Sorry. Uh, hmm. I'm going to take, take a wild stab in the dark and say uh-huh. that both characters that John created for D&D were archers. Uh, my first two characters were pretty much verbatim the same character because I didn't really know what else was going on. And we had a bunch of other players who never played at all ever. So I was like, I'm going to stick with what I know so my DM can focus on kind of helping them with their roles. Uh, but yes, Jay, I was a, a elf and a half-elf ranger um, with a combat specialty in archery. Yes. Well, <laughs> Shocking. I know, right? <laughs> hey, it's an awesome class. Yeah, so then fa- uh, fast forward to when we bring Jay in and we're, we're playing Star Wars. So yeah, you know, my game master that got me into it way back when, um, uh, who's who's on house rules with me, uh, Jeremiah. Um, his play style has always been very narrative, even even in a uh, 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 a very uh, uh, crap. I forget the term right now, uh, but a D and D esque game. Uh-huh. So my style tends to run a bit more narrative uh, than it does hack and slash or anything and um uh also personally i'm a fan of systems that are skill-based not class-based okay because i don't i don't like levels because i feel like when you like in D, all you're focusing on is your next level you know like oh i'm almost a level seven wizard i'm almost a level 10 ranger you know i'm almost you a level you, whatever you play a campaign for 18 months just so you can finally use lightning arrow and then the whole campaign falls apart and you never get to fire a single lightning arrow <laughs> i'm just pulling that example out of thin air by the way exactly yeah. stuff like that whereas in my opinion and this is my personal in, in a in a, a skills based game where you don't have levels, you just have your character. Um, as the uh, as the convoy r- rumbles through Jake's living room, <coughs> yeah, I live on Main Street. I'm sorry. <laughs> mean you had to record for Main Street. Hey. Uh, but uh, but anyway, uh, in a, in a skills based game, you're looking. In my opinion, you're looking more at the character because. In between sessions, you're spending XP to build your character however you want, so you're a little bit more free. And, and you look at it from a standpoint of, oh yeah, if if I tweak this and tweak that, then it, it fits my play style a little better. It just I like it better. So mm-hmm. we bring so we bring Jay into it uh, in in a, in a less nuts and bolts system. You know, we bring him in. In, in Star Wars, uh, the the old D6 version from uh, West End Games, uh, the updated and expanded second edition version, and uh, uh, like you know, the, the 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 first session that we play and everything, 
So you both came into it. One came in, uh, Obi John. You came in with a with a very hack and slash. Okay, it's your turn. Roll your dice. Okay, you hit. Roll your damage. Okay, cool. You're done. Next, you know, and then you know, Jay comes in, uh, and and hopefully, hopefully, I did a, an okay job of of presenting a narrative story with only two players. So you all had very different first impressions of of uh, tabletop RPG. Yeah, I, I I just think that's fascinating to to hear you you both you know the, your 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 different perspectives. Yeah, <clears throat> I I like the the narrative storytelling part of it, but I also enjoy the like nuts and bolts combat. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, Jay and I to... are both big on the combat. Don't 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 get us wrong. We we both love hacking and slashing <clears throat> and shooting stuff, and and yeah, we are, we are not against that. Yeah. But yeah, when it when it has a more interesting narrative, it's it's easier to like stay involved and want to know what happens next and have those oh shit moments of like, oh this happened and you're like oh shit ah, and just trying to figure out what your character is gonna do when you find out this new information. Yeah, and that <clears throat> that was entertaining. And it's always fun because Scott's always like, oh well. I I'm not that good at being a DM. It's like no, it's you no, know, it's <laughs> yeah. All that Scott Cox false modesty. Oh no, I'm terrible at DMing. Yeah, I'm okay. I've even got a coaster to prove it. <laughs> Next, are you like, the yeah, okayest I'm, DM ever? <laughs> I'm okay at taking photographs. I guess yeah. I dabble. Yeah, I dabble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not like you know. Uh, no, you know, professional photographer or anything. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm okay at throwing up on Jason's truck. It's when... <laughs> that I excel at. <laughs> okay, there it is. <laughs> yes, he did. He did excel at that. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Jay, I just sent you a picture, by the way. Okay. Um, is that is your it, truck? Yeah. Is it the side of my truck? Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. No, no, it's not. Uh, oh yes world's okay as dm nice uh no i and i'm with john i really enjoyed seventh c uh that's a fun one where you're really focused on the storytelling aspect um but yeah star wars that's a good one yeah we need to get back to that one in fact that that's actually one of my it's one of my uh, favorite stories right now was your first session uh, of Star Wars, <laughs> so <laughs> because my I just wanted to do one thing that completely threw you off. I well, hope I accomplished. Well, before that. we even get to that, yeah, yeah. So, so we're, 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 we made characters to yeah. uh, to play Star Wars. Jay's and in just, town, so it's his Jay's first time town. he can play with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I figure, well, we'll just go ahead and. St- Start the campaign with an in-person session, you know, so that so the Jays we're not doing everything over roll twenty. So we sit down, got everything out. Um, Jay's a little taken aback, I think, the fact that I bring my all my 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 DM tools is in a briefcase, and uh, uh, we get settled in, and I start into the 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 adventure and the narrative and and everything. And literally, we open, you know, with Jay coming out of hyperspace in his ship. At, at wherever whatever planet he needed to be at and uh, of course there's an imperial presence in the system so i have him make a sensor roll just to 
just to get his feet wet and and you know kind of kind of get us rolling. And his in his first ever role, in his first ever role playing game of any 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 TTRPG anywhere, and you roll what? What was it? Was it a three? It was, was it all a... all ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where where the system is a D6 system, so you roll a number of six-sided dice equal to your skill, and you want to roll high, because higher is better, because you're trying to meet or beat uh, a difficult level set by me, and he rolls a critical fumble. First ever roll. Boom. Out of the gate. It was the equivalent yeah. of, okay, get in your car. All right, put the key in. Your car exploded. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So yeah, that was <clears throat> that was that was good. I I enjoyed that. Uh, uh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, we got you all together. You know, we got the party together when we uh when we we did our thing and we played for what about two hours? About two hours. I think it was, I think it was longer than that. Two or three hours. I don't know. Time flies when you're playing role play games with Sky Cox. It's true. Time does fly. Um. But then, uh, then we cut to after the game, which I, which I love this. So first of all, you all kept talking about the game after we finished, like you all were discussing and making plans, which actually made me feel really good because you know, that's, in my opinion, that's 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 the it's the mark of a good game is when you come away with stories and you're so engaged that you're 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 talking about what you want to do. Well, first of all, you. Deciding to do Star Wars with Jay for his first game was brilliant because, yes, you're exactly right. It's a world he knows and loves and and knows the ins and outs of. So he can focus more on the specific story being told with our characters and not trying to worry about, like, the larger lore of the world and all that because he already knows all that. Yeah. And also, I don't know if you know this, but Jay and I, if you get us in a room together, we'll eventually end up pitching some kind of movie or story. <laughs> That's just that's how we are. <laughs> Over a long enough time frame, if you put the two of us in a room together, we're gonna come out with a movie pitch. It's just it's how we are. So you gave us enough material in that first uh, session to like just to, to whet our appetites of what could be possible, and and that was us just like, oh, what if this happened? Well, what, what if we do that? Like we were just pitching, uh, which of course was kind of mute because our DM is right there in the seat uh, behind us, listening to all this and just like <laughs> plotting ways to fuck all that up. <laughs> Oh, you think so? Yeah, wait till you get to that. Uh, I'm going to throw you guys a curveball there. Oh, you want a lightsaber? Oh, I'm going to make you earn that fucker. It's true. It's very yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Plotting in uh, front of the Game Master is generally, you know, a bad idea. No, I never said we were smart. It's okay. But I also like how it turned into like a buddy cop sort of comedy between the two of us. <laughs> Are you saying the guys who used to be on an improv duo together? <laughs> <laughs> had a back and forth not unlike Merton Riggs. It's true. It's very uh, true. But anyway, Scott, what was your after the yes. Yeah, after the game, I, I also like so we went down to uh local game store uh and everything because uh Obi John has decided that Jay needs his own dice now because he's he's now played a tabletop RPG. He needs his own dice. You're a gamer now, dude. Yeah. And stuff. So we're we're browsing around the local game store and 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 everything. For we we're there for the thirty five forty minutes, whatever it was. Uh, Jay, you picked out some dice and everything. I said, "Oh, cool. Let me let me see the dice." And so he showed them to me. I'm like, "Oh, those are pretty cool." So I just start walking to the register. <laughs> Jay's like, "But um, but um, but um, 
to which I check out with my stuff and and I uh, I, I purchase the dice and everything. And you're looking at me very confused. You're looking at me. I was, at me I was very thoroughly confused. confused. Yeah, because in 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 the school of gaming that I grew up. A, a gamer does not buy their first set of dice. Their first set of dice is given to them, usually by the DM that gets them into the hobby. That's just the tradition that I come from. That's the world that I come from. And so, yeah, there it was. And then, I'm sorry, Obi John. I mean, you, your, your look on your face was just, you look like somebody stepped on your puppy. It's okay, Scott. Like many things in life, I wish you could have been my first, but. <laughs> he was so gentle about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scott throws that tidbit out there. I'm like, oh, I bought all my own dice, but okay, fine, it's whatever. It's, it's cool. It's whatever. It's no big deal. It's fine. It's whatever. Once again, this, <laughs> this, this is not like a universal rule. I, I don't guess because it you know, should be because you know you're right. That is an awesome tradition. Yeah, and uh, it should be should be carried forward. So if you're anyone who ever plays the role play games or DMs at all, keep that tradition going because it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, I love my Deathstroke dice. So they're nice. They're very nice. Um, now I'm not saying that, you know, if you're a DM out there and you introduce a friend or something to the hobby, you have to go to the local game store and buy them their first set of dice. That just happens to be the situation. My first set of dice was given to me by my DM and it was just literally one of his just a set of his old crappy dice that he had because any good DM should have a crap ton of dice. Actually, any good player gamer should have a crap ton of dice. Yeah, it's not an addiction at all. It's fine. It's uh, that's why I like the tradition because it's kind of like you're dreading. Hey, man, I'll give you this first bump for free, but the next is going to cost you. Because once you get dice, every time you're in somewhere that has dice, you're like, oh, those are cool looking dice. Oh, those are really cool. Oh, these are metal dice. Wow, that's cool. You can't stop. You can't stop. Um. Uh, but yeah, and uh, um, it's like you know, meeting a guy in a trench coat in the back alley. Like, hey man, I mean, you you, you want to roll some damage? I got yeah. some player dice. Got some player dice here. You, you want to cast magic missile? Here's a d4 for you. What do you think? Got the newest <laughs> shit. Uh, cast metal dice. You need you need towers. I got towers. You need mats. I got mats. <laughs> what you want? I got mats to fold out into towers. What now? <laughs> uh, I got towers with attached mats. Come on, get on my level. What you do? I got personalized, engraved, hand-carved wooden dice trays. What now? Ooh, yeah. He just pulls open a trench coat and he's like, mm-hmm. "Check this out." You got a black light, <laughs> shine it on that one. Boom! Your sword on the cover glows in the dark. Yeah. It's yeah. It's a it's a deep well to fall down. Oh, I love it. In fact, my my go-to gaming excuse me my, my normal well my gaming dice when i'm a player um uh is a uh uh a, a, i think it's a bronze set they're bronze dice uh uh my wife got them for me for our bronze anniversary oh and they are heavy enough that I can put these suckers into a sock and defend myself. With them. <laughs> <laughs> Before they ask the 
Yeah, uh, I forgot the two nice sets I have are not in my dice bag. They're in that uh, wooden tray you got me. Yeah. And I didn't. Yeah, it's literally being used as a book stop right now. So I did not have them with me last weekend. This is why I did so badly. Clearly. Uh, the dice, not the person rolling them. Everyone knows that. Not to not to shift gears, but I was just thinking about this. Uh-huh. The the reference to role playing games in pop culture is just mm-hmm. like going through the roof right now, and I think that's sort of bringing a renaissance for D anD. d Like it's not like it has stopped happening, but I feel like more people are aware of it and doing it. Um, and one thing I want to bring up is what all the kids are doing these days: the big rage, the TikTok which I do have on my phone and uh, I watch it every once in a while, just when I'm bored or when I'm in the bathroom, you know how that goes. Uh, But uh, there's one where there's a couple who do role-playing games and, um, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, they do cosplay and things like that. And one day they're Australian shepherd, uh, picked up one of their swords and started swinging it around. And so now they uh, have like massive battles with the um, Australian shepherd swinging its sword around. It's hilarious. But I saw one really great one where the wife rolled a D20 or no, she gave the D20 to the husband. He rolled it and it was like a four. And she's like, Oh, that's not good because now you're going to get stabbed. And she called the dog, and the dog came running in with the sword. So I thought that was funny. I think that's something that, like, it's, uh, what was I going to say? Stranger Things definitely brought that Mm -hmm. back into the forefront. Oh, yeah. Well, it definitely brought it into mainstream pop culture. Because, like I said, D&D's never gone away. It's always been there. But it's, it's, I mean, it's definitely become... And not just so much that it's 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 come back into pop culture, but so many things that are traditionally the realm of nerds are now mainstream pop culture. I mean, fucking, you know, again, the obvious example, Marvel movies make a billion dollars like like that. You know, sitting here having discussions about uh, um, attack strategies for Thanos and uh, uh, what storylines of Kang the Conqueror to read used to put you firmly in the you're a fucking nerdy and you're going to get laid category. And now you have entire YouTube channels dedicated to trying to guess what Marvel is going to do next. And like, in general, a lot of things that were considered nerd are now more cool and okay and accepted in mainstream pop culture. And with that, D&D has come into pop culture um, where even, you know, the straights uh, are starting to play it now. Which is cool because role play games are awesome. D and D is awesome, and I, I'm convinced that anybody you give them enough you know, time uh, will get into to role play games because it, it's 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 just it's fun. Uh, and if you think I'm wrong, if you're you're if if, if you're if you know anybody who thinks D and D and role play games are dumb, but they play fantasy sports, it's the same <laughs> fucking thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, I mean. I will say this to any new players. The first time you sit down at a table, you know, with with the gaming group and you play a role-playing game, um, you will feel like an idiot. I mean, you you just can't get, you won't get past that. You got that awkwardness and everything, you know? 
Um, uh, but yeah, it, it, that goes away quickly. That 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 passes passes very quickly. Um, I'm just stoked that we're getting a new D and D movie. Uh, I really liked the trailer. It was good. Uh, and 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 I, I really really am looking forward to discussing that movie on this show. Itself. Yeah, I mean, nothing says back in the mainstream like giving the D and D franchise another shot at a mainstream movie with some serious weight and star power behind it. So. Um, so also I'm, I'm going to switch gears on this just a little bit, uh, because this weekend was your first playthrough of call of Cthulhu. Yes. Which is published by a game company called chaosium. Uh, it's been around for many, many years. It's in its seventh edition. Um, and, uh, uh, it's, it, it really is a staple in role-playing games. Of course, it's based off of the works of HP Lovecraft, which I know, you know, you are a fan of HP Lovecraft, uh, mm-hmm. and everything. And we started the campaign, the published campaign of horror. That's horror on the Orient Express. Oh, I think I was on the wrong module then, dude. Uh, okay. <laughs> I definitely had a W in it, so. <laughs> you were on the, uh, the, the, the you were, you were doing research on you porn weren't you or porn maybe, porn. Was, maybe. Um, anyway what what did you think about your first uh, Call of Cthulhu experience I'm just curious so here's the, <laughs> you knew this was coming so uh, be prepared know, Scott okay. Um, okay. so Commander Scott loves role play games um, just literally cannot get enough of them. Um, every spare penny he finds on the ground goes directly into the buy more RPG book fund. Uh, because I swear to God, at least once a week, Scott's like, oh, hey, my new copy of blah, blah, blah came in today. Oh, my, what's that, Scott? It's a role play game. Oh, OK. My uh, my, uh, my my new spell jammer uh, slip case uh, should be here tomorrow. See, see, there you go. Uh, Scott is in love with role play games. Uh, and I shouldn't complain too much because I benefit from that because this guy has the book. We got to play a session. Uh, so I get to play lots of cool role play games without having to invest stupid amounts of money in all the, the, the core books and rule books and stuff like that. So I really shouldn't complain, but I have to give Scott a hard time about it. And Jay jump in here whenever, cause you know where this is going. Uh, so for a while, Scott would say, hey, are you guys interested in playing blah, blah, blah? And me and Jay would be like, oh, yeah, that sounds like fun. Sure, cool. So then we'd sit down and get together and, and have a session. And by a session, I mean like three to four hours of yep. sitting down and building characters and yep. going over to core rule play. And then we'd stop. Yes. And yes. we'd never session zero. Yeah. yeah, session zero. You're not actually playing. You're just making a character. Yep. And then a few weeks would go by and rinse and repeat. And, and finally, after the fourth or fifth time, me and Jay built characters for a game that we didn't play at all. Uh, or I think we did start playing the Marvel game, but then Jay and Scott got hung up on a, a rule and we're debating back and forth about it for like 45 minutes. And that just kind of killed the play session. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we put a moratorium on Scott that we were not building any more new characters until we started playing the characters we'd already built and starting yes. campaigns. So yeah. even though my last play of Call of Cthulhu, um, horror on the Orient Express, um, even though that session was just this past weekend at the time of this recording, uh, I made this character almost a year ago. So <laughs> sitting down to play, I had to look over my character sheet and be like, who the hell is this guy now? What was I doing? 
Did I have a, and then, you know, you flip, so the front of the sheet is, is, you know, all your, your character name and your stats and your skills and things like that. And then you flip over and there's a whole thing that says my story and then backstory. And you're thinking, oh, great. This will, this will jog my memory of, of what I was thinking when I created this character and kind of how I wanted to play them. Well, my character is a Hollywood actor. It's just set in the 1920s, by the way. Uh, so he's a, a Hollywood actor, a, a Hollywood actor. Um, not at all based directly on Errol Flynn. Directly Errol Flynn. That is going to be Errol Flynn. Um, so my story, it's literally just movie titles that we made up for movies my character was in. So that didn't help me at all. Uh, so it took me probably an hour into the play session to kind of get back in the mindset of who this character was and how I wanted to play them and things like that. Um, so it was, again bit of a not a learning curve but kind of a refresher of uh, who the hell what, what was i gonna do again what skills do i have i don't remember why do i have 40 percent into locksmith i don't know why i put that in there but i sure did um but he, so, he yeah i was gonna say he lulls you into a sense of comfort like he's like oh hey yeah let's let's we can do this. Let's have a session. Yeah, we'll build characters. And you're like, yeah, that sounds like fun. So then, you know, we're we're building characters. I think it was for Marvel. He's like, yeah. I was doing this. We're you were beta testing it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it, was, it was the beta. It was the beta version of the rules yeah. that had come and, out. And, and yeah, I'm 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 not liking these rules. Like like this is a whole topic for another show. Uh, in fact, yeah. we did an episode else was on it. But anyway, it's neither here nor there. I don't care for this rule set. Yeah, so then he's like, "Oh, let's we can do Marvel characters," and it's like, "Oh, cool, you know, let, let's be crazy Marvel characters." And then you just get pigeonholed into being something you don't want to be. But anyway, I, <laughs> that's why the rules suck. But he lulls you into it. He's like, "Hey, let's do this," and you're like, "Okay." And then it's like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd like to get back to Star Wars or or play my Marvel character." Hey, you guys want to make Seventh Sea characters? Yeah, yeah. you want to be a pirate? Well, he, well, yeah, I do, but it's 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 almost like talking to like like a dog. Like if you have a pet dog, that's that's kind of what Scott <laughs> does to us. He's like he's like, "Come on, you want to be a pirate? Come on, come on, let's be pirates." Let's be pirate. Yes, I want to be a pirate. Yes, and you're just like, yeah, yeah, I won't be a pirate. Yeah, and then you don't, you don't, you don't realize that it's you're stuck in a kennel for four hours. <laughs> There's no treats, and uh, at the end of it, you get neutered. I mean, it's just you know, lulls none of our play it. sessions have been that bad so far. Jeez, that's funny. But no, and then it's like, and then we get these texts from Scott that's like, hey, this is coming out. We could make characters. I, I think right now in the pipeline, he has us set to make uh, Stargate characters, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Star yeah. Trek characters, uh, Power Rangers, G.I. Joe, Transformers. Transformers. Transform- yes. Uh, the Spelljammer, which just came in. Those are just off the top of my head. Uh, literally not anytime Scott sends us a text about getting some new RPG book or whatever. The first text back we send him is no. <laughs> you guys want to make some characters? You could be a Transformer. You guys want to be space pirates? Scott, we already have pirate characters. Yeah, but this is space pirates. <laughs> Damn it, fine. Yes, I want to be a space pirate. 
Yeah. Wait, so don't I, we already have Star Wars characters and regular pirate so, characters? Yeah, but this is space pirate. Okay, yeah. fine, you got me. So, so I, so I just sent you uh, a a, a, yeah. a picture of something that just came in here recently. No, no. Okay, here we go. Let's take a look here. Oh no, it's Star, Star Trek. Trek core book. Yeah. Oh no, no, it is it is no. not Star Trek core book. This one just came in. This is okay. the Star Trek Discovery campaign guide that just came in. Well, good. I had no interest in playing Discovery, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, check your check your text again. <sighs> God damn it! <laughs> Who wants to make Discovery characters? Now we're not going to put you on Discovery, of course, because that's. But this gives you the guide to playing in the era of Pike's Enterprise. Uh, I do Thanks. somewhere, Scott, have an entire Andorian character I built for a Star Trek campaign that I think we've never played. We 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 haven't we haven't, and there's a reason why we haven't played that one. Um, because but, the new uh, one was coming out, and you wanted to wait. No, no, no. It's <laughs> in this game. It's actually in the same game. It's in a different era. Okay. But yeah, um, the part Shit. of the problem yeah, with that one was. Somebody was insistent on making a, uh, a a counselor character, and I have absolutely no flip clue how to run a counselor. Uh, that's oh. just me, so I cut it in my own head. Um, but this one here, you know, we we have stats for you know Pike's Enterprise uh, and everything. So I'm just saying, with Strange New Worlds out, you know, I could put you all on the Enterprise under the command of Pike. Uh, you, you know. If you listen carefully, you can hear Scott lulling us into a sense of security. <laughs> so, Jay, you want to be red shirts? Is what I'm hearing? Yeah. All right, guys. So, on this away mission, it's uh, Jay and uh, Obi John and uh, Commander Scott and Kirk on an unknown planet. Oh, shit. <laughs> It's uh, okay, so it's you, it's Jay, huh. and it's four of the seven principal characters. And Ensign Ricky. Oh, poor Ricky. <laughs> I have bad feeling about Ensign Ricky. Uh, Spock, Ricky. McCoy, Uhura, Kirk, Ensign Ricky, and you two. Uh, uh, yeah, see, and that now he's gonna get into the whole you can you can be part of like the whole weapons thing and shoot things and yeah, or I you like can be like security personnel and get phaser blaster rifle assault <clears throat> guns. And <laughs> he's just gonna say things that are gonna trigger me that I'm gonna be like, Yeah, yeah, he's just gonna start saying things that he knows will we'll, we can't say no to. Because, yes, the answer is yes, we want to be crewmen on. And actually, I don't see, damn it, Scott, you already got me hooked. I don't want to be on the Enterprise. I want to be on our own ship where we can fuck things up all by ourselves. Hey, you, and that's fine. Yeah, we can we can do that quite easily. And it shouldn't be a see, consolation class to start with. We should work our way up. No, no, damn no, it, see, yeah. this is how he gets me into it. it would, see, it would, see, it would, false it would security. There it is. Yeah, no, no, it would, it would definitely be a Walker class, you know, exploration vehicle. And the Walker class is... Uh, the USS uh, Shenzo from the beginning uh, of, of Discovery before they get on Discovery. So a uh, Walker class really Discovery right vessel. 
Yeah, so a Walker-class discovery vessel or exploration vessel, right? You know, can our can basically, our Walker-class vessel be called AT-AT? <laughs> Jay got it. <laughs> so a Walker-class vessel, you're on a Walker-class vessel, right? Yes. You know, uh, uh, and security and everything, and the NCC and, and, and entire mission. And and your entire mission is, you know, basically heading into Gorn space. I mean, God you know, damn it, Scott! You're heading into Gorn space with the goal of attempting to make first contact, official first contact with the Gorn hegemony. It would it would be it would be um, NCC one twenty one twenty. Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> um. With your Andorian captain, oh, he's See throwing. Every, listen, swear, if I don't listen. say yes now, he's going to somehow find a way to work giant, giant green space sand into it. He's just <laughs> throwing all the things he knows I love about Trek at me. Uh, yes, Scott, we want to play. Yeah. See. All right. So we'll we'd rather play. Session. We'd rather play another session of Star Wars first. We'll schedule session zero for. You want me Star Trek? Yeah. Yeah, you want to do Star Trek? Come on. Come on, Star Trek. Come on. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, Jay. Hey, Jay. Hey, Jay. What? Hey, Jay. Yeah. You you, you, you want to be Space Marines, Jay? You, you, you want a smart gun, Jay? Yeah? Jay? Jay? You want to fight Shut aliens, Jay? Yeah? Shut up. Huh? Oh. Build your own character, yeah. Jay? Yeah? Yeah. See, now that. That. Hold I on, hold on, play. hold on. Here's a minute. Scott? Scott? Yeah. You, you, you want to be an android, Scott? Huh? Yes, yeah. I do. You want, you want you want to blow yourself up, Scott? Yes, and then I because do. you're an android, somehow I'll find a way to bring you back into the next session. Yeah. Yes. Huh? Yeah. Yes, I do. Um. So I, I've had for a couple of years now uh, the Alien RPG core rulebook um, because it looked awesome. It incorporates all the stuff from the Alien universe into one big RPG, um, and I really want to play it. And Scott is being mean and making me be the DM. Uh, how dare you make me DM my own game, you son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> which is also why we haven't played it yet, because I don't think I'm going to be a good DM. But um, that is coming up in the pipeline at some point, because uh, he also bought me a pre-made uh, adventure, uh, so we take some of the DMing out of that. But uh, that is a game that, again, I, I think we haven't really played yet, but uh, has a really interesting... There's actually like a dual set of, of rules. There's There's the... I forget what they call them. But there's the actual like stereotypical uh, D and D style campaign, and then they also have like cinematic, episodic kind of stuff where it's more about telling a single contained storyline uh, yes. where you pre built characters. Yeah, um, which is is cool. So, so I I I am part of the problem, Jay. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys just keep roping me into this stuff. You love it. It doesn't take much. It really doesn't. Yeah, it's just yeah. like you just push well, me a little. Well, Scott knows all the pressure points. Well, we will. We will definitely get get, get the next thing. The, the next thing the three of us do together will be another session of Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, because I I want to, to continue that campaign because you all haven't actually gotten into the actual published campaign yet. Uh, I was still working on bringing the party together and getting you into that. Um, the next session was going to bring you into the first session of the campaign. So the campaign that I was running was called the Dark Strider campaign. It was published in the late 90s. 
and uh, a good portion of the story uh, was written by, and he didn't write any of the actual module, of course, because he's busy writing other things, but he was heavily involved in the story, uh, and that was Timothy Zahn, uh, who, who wrote a lot of the story for this campaign. So, you know, uh, now it's, it's definitely old canon, obviously, because it's, it, yeah, it's, 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 it's many years pre-Disney, but that's, yeah, exactly, it's, it's all good. Um, and that's the other fun part about RPGs, even if you're playing in an established uh, canon like Star Wars, it's your own story. So you can do whatever you want. It's true. You're you're not beholden to, uh, I mean, to a degree, you're beholden to, like, the rules of that universe. Uh, So, again, you know, me and Jay couldn't start out being full-out badass Jedi Knights with, you know, uh, triple-sided lightsabers. you got to work up to that. Um, But... Uh, as far as like the story you want to tell and where you want to go and the things you want to have, like, you know, Scott just, you know, dangled the Dorn in or the Dorn <laughs> dangled the Dorn dangled the Gorn in front of me. Uh, sorry, wharf it up, Dorn, uh, because he knows it's a race <laughs> from Star Trek that I love. Um, but he, see, see, I'm going to get nerdy now. So in canon, uh, we shouldn't have encountered the Gorn yet. Uh, but Scott's going to throw that in front of me because he knows it's a game and we can do whatever we want with it. And he, if he puts the Gorn out, just out there, I'm I'm going to bite. So, yeah, I guess that's if, the. Go ahead, sorry. I was going to say if you because if you want to steal an Imperial uh, troop transport, by God you can. But Scott's going to blow it up. Yeah. Um, and if you want to run over your Rodian bounty that you're supposed to be capturing with said uh troop transport you go ahead and do that it said dead or alive you're fine so so i'm gonna i'm gonna let you in on a little secret here oh or at least somewhat of a secret Uh, especially since obi john you've got the alien uh game and and you're contemplating running uh a game right Uh uh-huh the hardest job that a dm has uh, in running a game, the most difficult thing that they can that they have to do in order to make a positive gaming experience is you have to be able to give your players the illusion of free will. Did I just enter the matrix? Yes. Well, because I'm I'm a game. go vis a vis concordantly. Yeah. Ooh, so, does the I, Matrix have an RPG? Damn it, Jay! Focus! <laughs> also, yes, I'm sure it does somewhere. I'm going to find out. Um, I'll be shocked if it doesn't. Because, because here's the thing. I, as a, I, as a, as a game master, a GM, um, I, I have a story to tell. Right? Mm-hmm. Which means I need to hit certain points. Okay? I need to move the story forward. But at the same time, I need you to make the decisions to go where I need you to go. I can't tell you where to go. I need you to make those decisions. I have to give you all of the pertinent information to make the decision on your own to go left rather than go right. But at the same time, if you decide to go right, I can't punish you for it. I have to go right. When you want to go right, you know, uh, and I just have to roll with it. 
Literally. Yeah, like if it's literally off the course, um, like uh, at one point uh, uh, years ago, I was I was playing, uh, I was running a and d game, and um, one of the players decided, you know what, I, I think I'm going to try and bluff, you know, one of these guards, right? You know, and see if we can't get the guards to do something which would bypass quite a bit of stuff that was set up in the adventure. Uh, and I'm like, all right, cool. Um, it's going to be, you know, somewhat difficult and everything. And they're like, all right, well, we'll give it a try. And I'll be damned if they didn't roll on that 20. <laughs> like, well, son of a bitch. All right, we're running with this. And so, yeah, it, it took us down like a 15, 20 minute rabbit hole where I'm, I'm trying to use every trick in the book to get this game back on track. But I can't just say, no, you can't do that because then it becomes not a fun experience your players and that's what we're at the table for is to have fun because i've always said this is this is something i've maintained when it comes to role-playing games and board games and stuff it's less about what's on the table and more about who's around the table uh i was gonna say in reference to that scott in one of our star wars sessions was it jeremiah right yes Mm -hmm. uh when (laughs) when he was injecting stormtroopers with (laughs) With the the, uh, the the thing, uh, what was it? Yeah, like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was using his medical knowledge and using yes. a tranquilizer and his bluff yes. skill to successfully uh, uh, neutralize stormtroopers. He knocked out like what, like four stormtroopers, like a whole freaking squad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just like, "Whoops, I fell over and stabbed you with this tranquilizer." My bad. <laughs> Yeah, but it that was, was fun. yeah, it was it was his successful bluff rolls and everything and his creative use. And that's what I love about role playing games, tabletop role playing games over like it's it in my opinion, it's my highest form of gaming over even board games and and uh, 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 video games and such. Because I literally had I had a character one time, uh, one of my primary D&D characters from high school. Um he fought with a mithril pickaxe. It was not enchanted. It was just made of mithril. Um, and he uh, was was assisting in the defense of this walled town that was being overrun. And I mean, you, we had we had orcs just crawling up the walls, right? Uh, and everything, and uh, outnumbered, you know, uh, two hundred to one. It was just it was it was against all odds defense, and I'm like shit. Okay, I got this. And uh, you know, Jeremiah's like, okay, what's going on? I'm like, I'm like, I got rope in my pack here. He's like, yeah. He's like, all right, grab the rope. I'm gonna tie it off to the to the leather loop on the back of my mithril pickaxe. I'm gonna tie off a fifty foot cord of of rope. Okay, and I'm like, I just start swinging this some bitch around my head. As hard as <laughs> and I am just raking orcs off. I've got this swath around me until someone lands basically a lucky blow. They hit me from the side. I lose my grip. And the pickaxe goes flying out from the wall, out into the uh, the crowd of orcs. And I'm like, oh, hell no. And I stage-dived after it. Grabbed a hold of the pickaxe right about the time it hit the ground. I came tumbling around after it. Grabbed the pickaxe. My way back to the wall. Nice. 
So, yeah, I mean, you, you got stuff like that all the time. Um, well, you've also got... <sighs> so, if we're just sharing, sharing fun stories from campaigns, um, I have to share one from my, my second D&D campaign. Um, was with a group of uh, Ghostbusters, actually, from Florida. Um, it was also my first time using uh, Roll20, the online uh, RPG system. We played for several months before things kind of fell apart uh, because every D&D campaign eventually falls apart. Uh, but our first session, I'd only really ever had one play session of D&D ever. Uh, so it's still very new to all of it. Um, we were in a scenario where we were trying to rescue some townspeople and we discovered, uh, we cleared out a, a, a camp of, of goblins or something and we found the mayor of the town in the camp um, and it seemed fishy. Uh, this was right when like season two of Arrow was on and, and surprise, Jay, I was playing an archer. Um, so I went, tried to go full on Ollie Queen mode and intimidate this guy to give us information. Well, I didn't build my character to intimidate people. So my intimidate role was terrible. Uh, so I said, all right, screw it. So I tell the D&D or tell my DM. All right, uh, he's not listening to me. He's not scared by me. I'm going to shoot him in the foot. <laughs> and my DM was like, uh, okay. Yeah. Roll to shoot. So I roll and I hit because, you know, it's, it's a tied up mayor of a town in the goblin camp. He's got no armor or anything. He goes, all right, roll for damage. Uh, and I roll for damage. And my DM was like, okay, the mayor's dead. Because again, didn't understand the the dynamics of of uh, D and D, and that like there is no shoot him in the leg option. It's, you're going to shoot somebody, you're going to do damage to him, and he let me do it. Um, so I killed him in one shot to the foot, and from <laughs> then on, <laughs> the entire campaign, anytime we came across a big enemy or a uh, 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 you know uh, large obstacle or something, somebody would inevitably go, um, "Hey, Peacock, shoot in the foot, see what happens." <laughs> we, we, we can't lose just shoot him in the foot man it'll be alright while those fails Peacock will shoot him in the foot it's fine oh. yeah I don't know who it was but several years ago uh, somebody came up to me and was asking me about D&D they were, they were playing in a game uh, and everything they were asking me they're like oh you play D&D yeah 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 I'm, I'm familiar with D&D or something, and and they I, I don't know what game master they were playing with, but they're like, well, you know how, you know, you, you cast magic missile or something, and I'm like, okay, yeah. He's like, we were doing something. It's like I cast magic missile. He's like, you know how you have to roll to hit. I'm like, no. He's like, yeah, you, you gotta you gotta roll to hit, and not with magic missile. I'm like really, no magic missile hits automatically. It's in the it's in the spell description. If you get the spell off, it hits your intended target. It's, you just do damage to it. It's it's a magic missile. It just, it just goes. He's like, oh, my DM keeps having me roll to hit. I'm like, now, if you're in combat, you may have to make a concentration check to get the spell off. But once the spell goes off, it hits. He's like, well, then why am I rolling to hit? I'm like, dude, I got no clue why you're rolling to hit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. There's a miscommunication somewhere. I do not have enough information to solve that, Corey. What was the what was the one in Star Wars? I 
like I dropped in behind a guy and I was like, oh, I'm going to pull my heavy blaster and shoot him. And I rolled an immensely huge number to hit. And I just remember Scott going, yep, you, you, you blew like a, you, you blew like a half dollar size hole straight through his chest. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, so you, okay. Rolled, yeah. You rolled for damage and you kept rolling sixes on your wild die. Like, you, yeah, you just, you, you, you pulled it, you pulled up and just, just, it was just a beautiful shot just straight through the center. It was, it was wonderful. Like, uh, there was nothing left of his chest cavity at all. What I remember about that was we're like, I don't know, 30 minutes into this combat session, Duke and I with stormtroopers trying to get away. And Jay, I don't know where he goes, okay, um, I'm going to leave over that with my jetpack. <laughs> I'm just like, you had that though? Oh, wait, sorry. And then I, cause I'm inside the vehicle. He's jumping over. You had that the whole time. <laughs> yes. I legit did not know. I knew Jay was playing as a, a bounty hunter and a Mandalorian and he had armor. Did not know until that moment Jay had a jetpack the whole time. Yep. <laughs> I remember that because you're like, you had that the whole time. And you're like, oh, sorry. I'm inside, you're outside. You had that the whole time. <laughs> you gotta love it. You gotta- That's why this is this is why when you get John and I together, it, it doesn't translate well. So like long distance, but we're in the when we're in the same room. We're in the zone. Oh no, no, no. It's it's still you still get in the zone when you're when you're on roll twenty. You still get there. My favorite my favorite thing so far in that was when you all were at the cantina and you were you were trying to find the location of the Imperial base, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the guy that you were talking to you found an Imperial officer and you tried to get some information out of him, blah, 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 blah. And, and you decided to follow him, basically, right? So he gets yeah. up, he pays for his drinks, and he goes to leave. And then you two promptly get into like a 10-minute argument on who's going to follow him and who's going to do what. And it was, it was you, me, and Jeremiah, and I texted Jeremiah because he wasn't involved in this conversation. So I texted him outside of World 20. <laughs> and I'm like... I don't think they realized that I didn't stop the game. That old dude has left like five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And then John he, followed him and he, he was nowhere to be found. Yeah, you all finally get done figuring out who's going to do what. And I'm like, all right, you look up. He's gone. <laughs> like You all got in this great argument. And I was not about to let this pass. <laughs> you know that meme, sudden realization panda? <laughs> that was my face. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> this guy didn't stop the game clock has been running the whole time son yep. of a bitch <laughs> uh, I also enjoyed when I said I was going to hotwire a speeder bike <laughs> and then John came to try to make the situation better <laughs> and it got so much worse yeah sorry that was just me fucking with you a little bit yeah he does that Yeah, but it was funny it was still funny oh and and that's the thing. That's what I love about role playing games is, you know, you've had good sessions uh, and you've had at least okay DMs. When you come away with stories, yep. You know, when when you're telling stories later, it's like, oh, let me tell you about this one time where I did this, blah 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 blah. Yeah. Then then you know you've 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 done you've done role playing games right. 
Well, let me add to that, Scott. It also helps to have a DM who's not so locked into a story <clears throat> that he's trying to force you one way or another and can roll with the situation. Because I know for a fact, in, in I think it was the first playthrough, um, you you told me that I saw a bunch of stormtroopers get into a troop carrier and start to drive off. And your intention was for me to follow the troop carrier. Yeah. Me being me, I pulled an Indiana Jones and just hopped on the back of the troop carrier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you just, you just literally <laughs> just grabbed the hold of the back of the carrier itself. Yeah. Just like that. It yep. sounded just like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes troop carriers sound like pickup trucks. Um, but no, and, and rather than you be, well, that you can't do that or, or, or you know, punishing me for making the wrong choice, you're just like, all right, sure. Like, you, yeah. you rolled with it and we just, we just went with it. And and we we had this whole great chase where you're literally yeah. on one transport and you're trying to fight against the stormtroopers who can see you on the rear transport. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that because he, what was it? You had to roll to make sure that you could get on. Yeah, and then you did, but then you you had a poor roll to see if you were unseen, and it was like, oh, the people in the one that you jumped on have no idea that you're there. Yeah, but the, but one, the one behind, behind you. Like, well, there's a second one. Damn it! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and see, that's that's what I mean by you know a, a game master giving the illusion of free will. Uh, yeah. So the first thing, so you wanted to jump on. I'm like, okay, I can see this. So the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make you roll for that. Um, because if I give it a difficulty and you fail, then I'm back to my original plan of you having to fall from it, to follow from a distance. But you made it. So I'm like, all right. Well, he's on. He's on it now. Let's, let's just let's let's improv a scene. You know, let's, let's. It's almost like a writer's room where you're just breaking a scene and 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 everything. And I, and I'm using the rules as decision making. Um. You know, and and so I'm like, well, you know, if, so if 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 I make it so that it pulls out and the second one pulls in behind it, now I've got tools to make this scene somewhat dramatic. And, you know, uh, to, to give action to it. Because because from a Game Master standpoint, if there's only one or if you're in the rear, then literally what's going to happen is it's like, okay, uh, now go ahead and make, make a hide check or something. Yeah, you made a hide check. They have no idea you're there. Now we're going to fast forward to arrival at destination. Because nothing's going to happen in the interval. In, in, in the interval. So, so, yeah, by having you pull out and the next one pull out behind them, you know, it makes it harder to hide. The ones behind know you're there. They're trying to shoot at you, uh, and you're having to hide from them by literally trying to hide behind the turret. <laughs> Didn't but he also hotwire the turret? Yeah, but then shoot. your decision to hotwire the turret and manually fire the turret, that was great. I'm like, okay, let's do it. Let's see what we got. You know? Uh, okay. Good times. That's why we need to do the Star Wars one again. Yes, we do. A lot of shenanigans. A lot of good times. Especially yeah. John with his vibro sword beheading a stormtrooper. Yeah. On a speeder bike. Yeah. Had his head clean off. It's no head to toe Mandalorian armor with a jetpack, but it gets the job done, you know? <laughs> no, my, my, my favorite, absolute favorite bit of the entire Star Wars campaign that I know will, will not go anywhere anytime soon. Is the ongoing? I don't. It's not really a joke uh, uh, or, or a gag, but the the ongoing argument of anytime Jay tells me to do something, 
you're not my boss. Uh, or when, when Jeremiah first came on and assumed because it was Jay's ship that I was part of his crew. And I was like, I don't work for him. Uh, that's fun. And that'll never go anywhere. I still like, so, so since we're talking about the Star Wars campaign so much, so to give you a yeah. little bit of background out there for people who are listening, um, so Jay's playing uh, basically a Mandalorian because at the time we started this Mando season two had just started or just finished somewhere it was already? between one and two it was between one and two all right uh and of course you know mando's really popular jay really loves it and stuff like this i'm like yeah sure let's let's, let's make a mandalorian uh and that's fine he's a foundling just like, basically we I, he created the mando just just he just made that character now it's not him it's it's another one but we use that as a template as an archetype and that's fine um and then uh, Obi John is uh, 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 what's former it rebel. I'm a former rebel pathfinder. Yeah, but it's uh, something of the guardian of the wills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a guardian of the wills, and so you were you were overseeing an, an, an ancient Jedi temple or a, a, a Jedi site, basically on this planet. Mm-hmm. And this is this is once again this is this is me being somewhat of an asshole because that's what I do. Um, I loved it because because Jay failing his first role. We're going back to that. <laughs> I remember this. Yeah, instead, instead of noticing the Tie Fighter Patrol and 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 being able to follow them in, they notice him and they get on his six and they challenge him and then they start shooting at him and this leads to a running firefight down to the planet where he's being chased by TIE Fighters. Which Jay loved because it meant as soon as he started playing, he got to start uh, dogfighting. So. Yeah. yeah. So he gets down to, 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 uh, to, to atmospheric level and, and he comes in uh, to the... To the, what? the wasn't it? The ruins. It, it was... Uh, it wasn't TIE Fighters, wasn't it? The, the, the Rodian... The Rodian? Oh, that's right. It was. It was. Yes, yes. It was the Rodian. Yes, thank you. Yeah, it was the Rodian uh, because yes, yeah. because you were there. Yeah, you were there looking for him, and he found you first, and then he started shooting. And yeah, yeah, that's right. That's yes. Right. Wait a minute. Um. Anyway, but so you were you basically were pulling you know uh some maneuvers by lifting you know, you know listing lazily to the left. Um. <laughs> uh, but you went to, to to basically bank around the 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 uh, the structure the 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 temple, and of course Obi John's character is there, and you know he's seeing these ships you know coming down, everything, and you made your piloting role, but it was it was it was a little bit you know it wasn't like the best role, and you're like oh man I I uh, I, I ran into the temple didn't I? And I was like I'm sorry you know I'm sorry John I didn't mean to destroy your temple. And he's like, "Damn it, you're destroying my temple and stuff." And, and I'm like, "No, no, no, you don't, you don't hit the temple. You, you're able to pull around. Now your your piloting role wasn't the best, so you didn't make it as tight. You 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 know, because because you're a pilot, you're not gonna you know, you're not gonna do that. You you actually you you overcorrected and you went wide, but you did get around the temple. You did not hit the temple at all." Now the laser turrets from the guy shooting at you who tear <laughs> through the temple trying to shoot you, yeah, it blows the fuck out of me. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because then wasn't that like a back and forth between me and John for a while that I didn't do it. It was the other guy. The other guy did it. He was shooting at you. (laughs) Yeah, sure was. Good times. So anyway, uh, so back to kind of like the overall topic of, you know, a a wider experience of role-playing games outside of just your standard, you know, typical Dungeons and Dragons type thing because you played, uh, you played some Marvel, you played some Star Wars, you played some Call of Cthulhu, you played some Seventh Sea. Now that you've seen some of the other flavors of role playing games that are out there, like, like, what do you, what, what's the overall consensus and opinion? They are good, and I like them. I I enjoy them thoroughly. I still. I'm not against doing D&D at some point in time because I still have not yet played. Yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, yeah. And I want you to play D&D. I really do. But um, uh, all these other things we're doing are a lot of fun. Um, and they're all, they've all been in things that I understand. Like the Star Wars one. I Like John said, I'm very steeped in the lore of Star Wars. I understand it. Uh, the Marvel one, I basically understand most of that. Um, the Seventh C one, swashbuckling is is my cup of tea. Uh, I I think I can be very flamboyant with my descriptions of going from point A to point B. So that one's kind of fun. But uh, yeah, I've enjoyed everything we've done so far. We'll see. We'll see how the Star Trek one goes. And well, the alien one. That's all right. That's all right. You, you know what I would love? The G.I. Joe one and the Power Rangers. The G.I. Joe's. Transformers. Transformers. Yeah. Stargate. Can I be a G.I. Joe Transformer right. that works for Stargate? No. No, you can't. Oh. Well, at least not with me GMing because I hate crossovers. Okay. Sorry. I'm not a fan of them. It's just, just not my cup of tea. That's a topic for a different show, though. It is. Um, but you know something I would love to do if we hmm. could get everybody on board, find the time to do it. And I know this is going to sound a little extreme, but I would be up for doing it at some point. Is I would like to get you know Obi John, you, know, you, me, possibly Jeremiah. Actually, it would be best with Jeremiah, but that's need to hear there. Just because it would give us another person. And schedule a time where we could go up to Lansing. And I know it's like a 10-hour drive, but I'm willing to do it. For an entire D&D weekend. Like, drive up, two days playing D&D, maybe three, drive back. I would be willing to do that. Well, two D&D and then one just for board games, because... We can't go see Jay not play Zombicide Invader. Oh man, could you imagine a Zombicide Invader RPG? I mean, that's just you just bring a campaign together. That's part of why we're getting a little topic. But that's part of why I love the Zombicide games is your character levels up and gets new abilities, and you can kind of, kind of incorporate some of those aspects a little bit. But anyway, uh, I am I am down for that, Scott. Although I do think Jay owes us a trip here now. So, well. March. Okay. 
<laughs> but, uh, but I don't think it's conducive to doing yeah, it. If only we weren't busy doing something else in March. I, yeah, I know. Maybe Christmas. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we just come for longer in March. You can't do it. You got to work. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Damn. But yeah, that'd, that'd be fun. School kids. If like, that's, like that's important. Math questions. When are they going to need any of that? Right? It could be playing D&D. And as we all know, you know, any math to play D&D. <laughs> See, and, and I, even, I haven't even gotten into, like, introducing you all to games like Shadowrun, uh, RuneQuest, uh, shit, what, Rifts. Like, you all don't know anything about Palladium at all. Uh, yeah, it's on, yeah, it's on the it's periodic table. Yeah. It's on what? <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Sorry. Jay said periodic table. I said Iron Man's chest because we're geeks and nerds, and that's what we went to. Yeah. And if you need further examples of the difference between a geek and a nerd, there you go. Uh, but back onto RPGs. First of all, Scott, yes, I'm I'm down for that. Um, Jay, we're just going to tell you we're coming someday. Uh, okay. Your schedule. Um, there is something I have not played this yet. Um, I am very much looking forward to it. Uh, I'm kind of saving it because I'm a nerd like that. Um, but while we were at Origins, uh, I'm talking to your buddy Jeremiah, who was helping out at the Chaosium table. Um, I know they didn't invent this, but it was the first one I'd ever seen. It is a solo RPG campaign. Oh, it is essentially, it is called Alone Against the Frost. They have several different modules. This particular one is it's, it's for the Call of Cthulhu game. It's called Alone Against the Frost. It comes with pre-made characters in the back. Uh, you still get, it gives you points to, to um, put into some of their skills. So you do get some little say in, in the character's abilities. Uh, but it gives you pre-formed characters. And it is essentially a choose-your-own-adventure story. Uh, you start out reading the main paragraph uh, or the, the, the main storyline, and it says, okay, go to paragraph one. End of paragraph one gives you a scenario, and you on your own decide, okay, how am I going to uh, uh, how am I going to overcome this scenario? You roll for whatever stats you're trying to roll for, and then succeed or fail. Go do paragraph number or whatever. Read that. Do the same. Um, so it's basically a choose-your-own-adventure book, but instead of just choosing what paragraph to go to next, you're you're – creatively problem solving and trying to figure out how to get through this scenario with the characters you have and the abilities you have. Uh, but it's all designed to be played right there by yourself. Um, I'm saving it for the first uh, snow. Um, when it was going to, cause it's alone against the frost. Um, but uh, I love this concept. Uh, I think it's awesome. And again, I know they didn't invent this, but it's the first one I'd ever seen. So I'm giving them credit for it. So. Are you going to, are you gonna play that and then put on the thing in the background? I'm gonna to... play it so so. I mean, work doesn't know this, but whenever we have enough snow that it covers the ground, I'm calling in sick, uh, <clears throat> and and I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna play all day alone against the frost, and then that night, uh, me and in Koran will drink J and B scotch and watch the thing with all the Perfect. windows open because because we're glutton for punishment like that. See how long we can hold out. Oh, so, yeah, just the 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 notion of um, a solo 
RPG was awesome. And I was, you know, I, I picked it up and was looking at it because the cover art is cool. And Jeremiah's time looking at it and was like, so you, have you ever played a solo RPG? And like, they make solo RPG campaigns. And he was, you know, <laughs> walking me through it. Um, and that, you know, again, it's essentially like uh, the old school choose your own adventure books we used to read as kids. Um, just incorporating RPG elements. And I'm like, that is fucking amazing. And I, yes, take take my money. He also sold me like four other books. Like he he got all my money at Origins, basically. Funny. He sure is a good salesman. If anyone from Chaosium is listening. Yeah, I'm sure they listen to us all the time. Yeah, they listen to your show, man. No, they don't even listen to my show. Um, uh, Jay, I I I may have sent you another picture. What is this? What do you think it is? Is this riffs or whatever? That is riffs. Scott, why do you why do you do this to me? You can't picture, send me Scott. A, yeah, you can't send me a picture of a giant robot <laughs> and be like, "Oh, this isn't anything." See, again, here we go. We're going back to the whole thing of like, you know, it's like, "Come on, giant robot, giant robot." You can go you to giant robot. Back. Ah, so so that is. Uh, let me get back to the page here because I, I I closed the book because yeah. So that is just just so you know, an NGV32 Bruiser Mech. Um, it is uh, the success of the Bison-made R&D engineers Stephen B. Keith, Peter Porcaro Jr., and Jason Cogshaw, um, uh, and uh, they were basically invented to uh, combat the uh, Zentisics threat which is basically an alien race that inhabits canada in this uh uh in this world um yeah canada is a bad place uh the bruiser is armed with ion beam weapons mounted on its shoulders mini missile launchers in the shoulders and a pair of laser eyes laser eyes do you know what it doesn't have though what a mini gun gun. (laughs) well i know my boy (laughs) Well, mini guns. I don't know about mini guns, but uh, actually, hang on. Wait, one. Twenty millimeter Vulcan cannon. So this is coming on each arm. Yes, this, four this of is, them to be specific. Well, I don't know about that, but so this is coming from uh, Riffs World Book Thirty Three Northern Gun One, which is uh, basically it, it, it's uh, it's part of the NGR, which is the New German Republic, I believe, if I'm thinking correctly. Uh, in this world, and uh, so give me just one second here. I'm going to shoot you another picture. Oh, geez, because it's what I do. You know, I can't help it. Um, it's just what I do. Uh, it's still not one of my favorites. It's still not my favorite in in this game. That belongs to excuse me, the coalition. Uh, do I have the coalition source book? <laughs> I, I have well, look, okay. I have Before we go off the rails here. Uh, and by that I mean any more off the rails here. Because um, Scott's just going to keep sending us pictures from RPG books to get us into playing them. Um, I think we're going to wrap this up. Um, any final thoughts, final words on our, our journey through the world of tabletop roleplay games? Yes. If you're on the fence about, like, let's say you've got some friends that do RPGs. They're like, they're into D&D. Just ask if you can go sit in on a session or hang out with them and you're interested in it. Um, 
and see what you can do, see what you can learn, or see if somebody wants to do something with you. Because if you're on the fence about it, that means you're interested in it, which means you should give it a shot and not be too judgmental about it. I would add to that. Uh, also realize you don't have to buy every source book and player's handbook. And there's plenty of online resources you can get yeah. uh, without jumping down that rabbit hole of spending your entire paycheck on RPG stuff. Now we're not saying you, you, you can't, you can do that if you want to. Um, <laughs> you don't have to live have like a refugee. Um, baby step, want baby step into it. Uh, and there are, if you're interested in role play games, but just don't have friends to play with, uh, there are. There, um, I can't think of the name of it. There's uh, Facebook groups and uh, Reddit forums that will just partner you up with people to get on Roll Twenty and play with. Uh, and if you don't want to meet new people online, again, solo RPGs are a thing. Uh, so look into that. Uh, so you never have to leave the home or make friends. I mean, you can literally make friends because you're creating characters. But anyway, I was just gonna—I was gonna say. So basically, on the spectrum of the Doc to Scott Cox, mm. you don't—you don't have to be Scott Cox. No, you can be more on the Doc end of things and have a great time doing this. Uh, will you eventually? You, I mean, you could get to Scott Cox level. Um, there are, but there's also groups for that and therapy and people <laughs> yes, there's to get you in touch with <laughs> if you get to the Scott Cox level and need help. Um, don't feel free to reach out to us, contact Obi John or myself, and we will get you in touch with the right people to uh, uh, get you back. Well, I'm probably not the one to talk to you because I am on the path to becoming a Scott Cox because <laughs> I can, I can, I own more RPG source books than I thought I did. So, I mean, definitely not on the Scott Cox level, but I think five is a bit much. Oh, no, I just realized that Scott Cox gave me one. Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, no. You have a source book, sir. And it's you have spread. dice. It's going to spread. Yeah. He's already got his hooks in you. <laughs> but, I mean, my collection pales in comparison to Jeremiah's. I'm, I'm well. Now because... Mine tend to run a little more, a bit more focused and stuff. His, his is, uh, and I've contributed to his over the years. Like I've, I've helped, you know, cultivate his collection of stuff uh, over the years. I've donated to it and, and everything. But, uh, you know, he's got like two whole walls, and by by whole walls, I mean like large scale room walls of of shelves of RPG materials. It's impressive. I won't lie. If if you or someone you know is suffering from RPG madness, call 1-800-RPG. RPG addiction is a thing. <laughs> call. We have uh, we have operators standing by to help you and take your call. That number again, 1-800-RPGs-OFF. I knew I had a problem when I tried to spend my in-game gold points on rent. I was told I wasn't allowed to do that. I don't know how I got this bad. I got in trouble with my boss and I rolled die to try to cast magic missile. <laughs> uh, like, like, no, no, sir. See, I rolled a 20. That means you, you have to, you have to believe me that I was sick yesterday. <laughs> I rolled a 20. 
What? What, I what, are, what do you mean a doctor's 20. note? It's a nat 20. Ah, it's a 20. That means you Security. should be paying me Security. extra for the day I took off. That's what nat 20 means. <clears throat> anyway. Oh. Um, I had something and I lost it. So there you yeah. go. Yep. Tabletop RPGs, they're fun. Uh, it's a great way to spend time with friends. It's a great way to make new friends. Uh, there's plenty of resources out there to find people to play with or games you can play by yourself, no matter what end of that you're on. Um, you can also look up local gaming conventions. There's probably one somewhere near you. It may not be giant like Origins or Gen Con, but big enough you can go and meet some people, and, and there's always learn-to-play sessions going on and get into it that way. Um, but like Jay said, and I think he put it beautifully, if you're thinking about it, that means you're into it. Just embrace it. Uh, so with that, uh, this has been your weekly Nerd Alert.